Quick warning for drivers, this episode of IOM Recommends contains traffic sounds and the ambient soundscape of a city. Mikey Colton is a musician from Washington, D.C. As a teenager, Chance saw him connect with and begin playing for a griot from Mali. From the seeds of this friendship, Mikey grew fruitful collaborative relationships with up-and-coming musical talent in Niger, Mali and beyond, serving as a producer and bassist for hire. Today, he splits his time between Agadez and New York in order to work on the project which keeps him busiest, producing, playing bass for, and touring with the hugely successful Mdu Mokhtar. Without further ado, IOM recommends Agadez with Mikey Colton. IOM recommends local scenes, global conversations. So, Mikey from Mdu Mokhtar, thank you so much for joining us. you're a, you know, you're a, you're a slightly unusual guest in the great scope of IOM Recommends in the sense that you have spent a lot of time in Agadez, but you're not necessarily a permanent resident, but you know it well. So please introduce yourself. Tell us about your relationship with Agadez. Uh, my name is Mikey Colton. I play bass and produce um, and record bands uh, in Niger and West Africa. Um, uh, do a lot of work with Mdu Mokhtar and uh, yeah I've been traveling to Agadez since 2017 I go um, back and forth once or twice a year since then Amazing is that predominantly to collaborate with Mdu who's obviously seen a lot of success in recent years or is that simply is that the project that keeps you busiest or is that the project you're arguably just best known for that's probably the project that keeps me the busiest right now. Um, it's going over there. It's not, that's not the, every time the the reason I go over there, it's, I, I work with a lot of other amazing artists over there and record, um, throughout the country, not just Agadez, but yeah. Fantastic. So are there any other artists then that you collaborate with frequently who you would like to recommend, you know, in Agadez and beyond? So there's a band currently on tour in Europe right now called Etron de la Year, and they're from Agadez. They're the longest-running wedding wedding band in Agadez. Um, They've been around for 25 years, and it's a family band. So this is a slightly younger generation of that family, um, and they're amazing. They're incredible, um, very very punk-like in their ethics and and their sound, too. Amazing. What's their lineup, instrumentally speaking? So it ranges from two guitars to drums to three guitars, bass and drums, or even a fourth guitar, bass and drums. It's, it kind of expands. And the interesting thing is uh, when you add more guitars, it's they're just everyone's playing a different line. So it kind of completes this thing. But it doesn't feel empty if it's just two people as opposed to six people. That's interesting. So with a lineup that fluid, there must be a real kind of emphasis on musicality as opposed to repertoire like there might be with a wedding band in the UK, if that makes sense. Exactly, yeah. I, I Well, I think it's a mix of both. It's certainly wedding songs over there expand from you know, 10 to 20 minutes a song. So it's, it's just about getting people dancing and continuing. And there's a lot to explore 
musically within that 20 minutes, especially when you have more guitars and everyone's kind of playing lines, switching off, soloing, etc. Amazing. That's fascinating. And they, they, like, the notion of the touring wedding band isn't one that I'm too familiar with. Well, the, the thing is, Emdu's music is also wedding music. So he's a, he's a wedding band, too. Um, and same with, you know, another Tuareg artist, Bambino. They, they all play weddings, and this is wedding music, which is very not the same as uh, in the U.S. Or, or probably in the U.K. or Europe. That's fascinating. And then in your work, how, uh, what's the ratio of time spent in the U.S. to time spent in the Niger? Well, so it's, it's probably, in a year, I probably spend about three months in Niger um, and then the rest in, in the U.S. Um, or, or touring, really. Cool. Uh, we, we tour a lot, so for sure. not a lot of hanging in, in one place. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I can imagine. And in terms of, you know, what you do with your time in Niger, in Agadez, where do you go to eat? So food is mostly eaten in houses. And I never, in West Africa, I've never stayed in a hotel. It's always with friends. And part of the culture there is there's there is a community eating. So you eat uh, in this very large plate and you share with a bunch of people around you and it's kind of a sign of respect. So uh, although I have eaten at restaurants in Agadez, um, probably my favorite is just a home cooked meal um, by, you know, a family. What, what do you look forward to eating then? So I don't eat meat, which is, uh, you know, Niger is known for their meat. Even in West Africa, um, friends in Mali say, oh, yeah, go to Niger for their meat. Uh, so I don't eat that. But they do do um, rice and black-eyed peas. Um, so that's really good. And they do this thing called um, awara, which is a Hausa dish. It's very similar to tofu, but it's made from black-eyed peas instead of soybeans. Typically, you're not drinking as you're eating. The idea is you eat, and then when you're done, it's usually water, or the big thing over there is tea. It's very caffeinated um, green tea with a lot of sugar. This this is one of the ones I was worried may be slightly redundant in the case of Niger, but what we've asked other people is, where do you go to dance now? Because predominantly our guests are people from the sort of dance music community. So Agadez, the, the two big ethnic groups there are the Tuareg people and the Hausa people. And so at Tuareg weddings, people go there to dance. And the dance is, it's a very um, structured type of dance where you have this big carpet in the middle of, of the floor, which is, everything's outside, so it's in the desert. And you're standing across from someone kind of swaying back and forth. Now, I've been to Hausa weddings and Hausa, Hausa like uh, parties where it's more of like kind of what we see in the U.S. or in, in the U.K. where people just kind of dance when they feel like it. They just get up and dance. Um, and so that's where dancing happens is weddings or 
just parties that they have all the time around the city. Is uh, the parties you describe designated spaces for that sort of thing, or do they happen on a slightly more um, incidental basis? So with Tuareg parties and weddings, it's usually outside of whoever's getting married's house. Um, it's kind of this compound area and it's open to the public too, which is really exciting. Um, or it's done right out in the desert, which is, you know, your backyard there. So, um, and again, it's, there's no, uh, guest list or whatever. You don't check to see who's invited. It's, you know, everyone is invited. People don't dig for records. The, the only way that music's heard is through cell phones. So instead of buying records, you buy these um, SIM cards or you buy these sort of flash discs that you put in your phone. Um, and people are trading music via WhatsApp. You send someone a, a song and, um, and it kind of cycles through. And it goes throughout the continent, too. It, it kind of makes its way. And actually, that's how MDU's first record was um, heard is that's how we became famous is through the cell phone trading scene. Um, before smartphones, it was, uh, just basic block phones and you'd have Bluetooth and a common way to travel is by long bus rides. And so you'd sit next to someone and you say, what are you listening to? And they Bluetooth you a song over and MDU's first record on our became famous in that scene. That is absolutely incredible. It's it's a very alien and yet very familiar sort of music consumption for people in in this country. I think that's the idea of the Bluetooth exchange was every day for people my age when they would just started secondary school. Um, but the idea that it should proliferate to such an extent as to be the primary mode of music consumption is. That's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> it's really incredible, yeah. There's, not in Niger, but in, in Mali, there's um, there's one shop that sells old cassettes, and that's the only sort of place that I've found to buy music um, or buy physical copies of music. Do they stock music from all over the world? In, in this place? Yeah. Uh, they stock mostly just Malian music, but, but from the different areas of Mali, um, you have like your North and your South stuff. And, you know, I've gone in there and it's incredible. You just say like, this is what I want. And then either he, you make a really big offer on the cassettes. I think he's waiting to kind of, they're very rare. Like these are, uh, you know, probably will sell for a lot of money. So he mostly just puts them on flash drives and sells them that way. Okay. Got you. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And um, if uh, you're in Agadez and finding that you just need a bit of peace and quiet for a moment, where do you go to escape? When we ask people this, we're wondering about maybe uh, a, a nice open space or a, or a library or something along those lines. So interestingly, that there's no, you're always with someone. Um, culturally it's not, there's no real such thing as privacy unless you're going to the bathroom. Um, so this doesn't really exist. Like if you kind of like, I want to be alone, you're kind of considered 
weird or crazy. Right. So I think the best thing that people do is they go out with a few friends to the desert and they have a picnic and they bring their guitars and they kind of, and they play. And so, you know, we do a lot of that. It's just kind of hanging out in the desert and bringing tiny Roland cube amps and um, playing for hours. And eventually friends join us, but that kind of alone time or that small group is kind of the, the way to kind of separate yourself from the chaos. Does that, does that work for you as an American? Do you find that easy to adjust to coming from a culture where it's like alone time is not such a taboo? It's, it was really hard at first to, I think, cause I'm such an introverted person too, that I just like, I need some space every once in a while. Um, but I got used to it. And certainly since I've been traveling to West Africa, uh, since 2011, I kind of know this, this culture a bit and kind of know what to expect. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the same thing, like I use headphones to get away, like in the van when we're touring, that's kind of my escape, but that doesn't really happen there. You know, you throw on your headphones and someone says, oh, what are you listening to? And you kind of just have to play it out loud. So it's it's just about, I think it's about, um, I journal a lot to kind of get away. That's kind of my space. So I feel like that's kind of, that's my time alone is, is spending a minute and just kind of journaling and kind of getting some, some time alone that way. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Thank you for that. Are there any um, Agadez-based cultural organizations that you're a particular fan of? A a radio station, a a label, a collective of some kind? Yeah, there's a a collective called the uh, Imuhar Studio, which is um, Ahmadou from Emdu's band. He's the rhythm guitarist. Him and a few friends have this... um, It's it's kind of a multimedia collective where they film stuff and they record stuff and they also have a band called Imuhar that plays weddings. They have a backline company um, that supplies the weddings with all the gear. Um, so it's it's a it's a very community oriented. It's not a closed off group. It's it's kind of anyone can join this this collective and uh, that's probably my favorite one. And they just make a lot of art and music possible. They do. Facilitators. And that sounds so valuable. Absolutely. The the thing that I think that resonates the most with this whole thing is um, I grew up in the DC punk scene, and that's very community-oriented. And the first time I went over there, it was shows were no different than, like, a DC punk show. It was very DIY and this group, Imuhar Studios, is exactly that. It's these guys want to make stuff happen, so they got to do it. And they 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 film weddings. They um, they have ideas for movies, so they kind of try to do it their way with the resources they have. And I think that's really inspiring. That's incredibly inspiring. Yeah, thank you. Do you have an Agadez kind of best-kept secret? Is there something that if somebody were visiting, it may not be obvious at first, but is something that they should definitely be doing? You know, I think the, the best thing is if you're going over there, 
don't try to do this hotel thing. Don't try to do this, this kind of Western travel ideology. Befriend someone and everyone wants to be your friend. Everyone's super nice and you'll always have a place to stay. You could just meet someone and start talking and have a friendly conversation. And I really think that's the best kept secret is, is finding a way to integrate yourself into the culture or to kind of experience the culture the way that they do live with, with people from that part and don't, don't try to do a do sort sort of touristy things and separate yourself. For sure. Okay. Amazing. And I'll, I don't, don't always ask this, but this is such a, a unique conversation we're having in terms of this series that we're producing. So I'm going to ask it and you may have just touched on it a bit, but what, what is, what do you love about, Agadez, well, aside from the fruitful collaboration with Emdu and the other artists, what keeps you coming back? What's your favorite thing? The people, really. Yeah. Uh, aside from the musicians, just the people are so nice over there. And mm. it's being together with people is something that every time I go over, I think we lack that here. Mm. We lack this kind of spending time with friends and family and just sitting around and playing music or just kind of hanging out and, and being connected to people. But the very first time I went over there, you know, I'm sitting next to people that I have just had just met and they're laying on me or their, their foot is touching my foot. And it's something that I realized over time is like, they want to be connected to, to you. And they, there's always a part of their body that wants to, you know, kind of, touch you or kind of be very close together. And that's the best thing is, um, and the most valuable thing that I've learned is just like connecting with people. And, you know, you I meet someone on the street and we become best friends and we still t- stay in touch. And um, I think that's what's, that's, that's amazing. That is amazing. And just finally then, I, I'm Curious because your your story musically is such an interesting one. What brought you over there in the first place ten years ago? So I um, so my dad's a guitarist and he started playing with Amali and Grio um, around two thousand and ten, and um, they needed a bass player a year later, their bass player quit. And so he asked me to join the band. And so I did, and I started touring with them. I was probably about 16, 15 or 16. And, um, and then we went to Mali together in 2011, uh, to play with, with shake. And while I was over there, I'm pretty sure I heard MD's first record, this, this on our record from a cell phone. And it wasn't until a year later that I was on tour with my band in Europe that someone had sent me the next record he did. And I heard it and I immediately reached out to the label and to MDU. And I said, I, I want to bring you to the States. And so I connected him with a booking agent and um, brought him to the States. I ended up tour managing on a few dates and, Emdu found out I played bass and he said, you're going to play with us. And so I did. And I quit my job and joined the rest of the tour and went to Niger right after immediately. Um, and I think, I think um, 
the musician that I had been playing with from Mali is a bit older and he comes from an older generation in this griot tradition, which is very fascinating, very interesting. But when it got to Emdu and the and Ahmadou and Suleiman of the band, they're all around my age. And I never really experienced that. So I you know, experiencing um this younger generation do something that's very different but very similar to what I grew up doing, DC punk stuff, uh, DIY culture, that uh, that kind of keeps drawing me back and keeps keeps the fascination going. Yeah, I can I can fully imagine. It sounds super fulfilling. Well, that's everything. Thank you so much, Mikey. This has been so, so interesting. <laughs>